Okay, if you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open up to Luke chapter 9. This is our first message in our series of six Sundays where we'll be going through this book, Not a Fan. And so this is our first one today. So let's turn to Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to read verse 23, which is a very familiar verse to many of you who have been in church for a while. Luke chapter 9, 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Let's pray. Lord, as we are about to begin this series, not a fan, Father, we pray that you will bless it to us, bless it to this church. Father, we know that as your children, uh, each one of us is different. Each one of us has met you in a different way. Each one of you, uh, each one of us has has been on a different, um, let's say, personal path that you have designed for us. But we know, Father, that there's some very common things, and one of them is. Um, to love you and to serve you and to live for you. So bless this service, bless this message, help us to go forward with an open mind and heart. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, once in a while I go to a high school football game. A couple of times, um, I know there are a couple of times I've gone with a fellow who knows football. At least he thinks he does. You know, when, you, when you're with someone who thinks they know the sport really well, you know, every time a play goes on, they say, oh, why did they do that? They should have done this. Oh, why is the, the, the coach calling that? He should have passed. He should have run. He should have done something. And, and, and so he, he comes across with a real uh, understanding of, of how he thinks the game should be. But when I thought about it, I'm sitting next to him. He's going, no, 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 no. I'm thinking, well... I mean, who am I? I'm there because my kid's in the band. <laughs> so it's a, you know, it's a little different, you know, we have reasons why we're there. But, you know, I am a fan of, of uh, sports, especially football. Uh, I remember when West Covina High School had a really good football team about five years ago or something like that. I followed them, and, oh, they were fun to follow. It's, it's fun to be a fan. It's, it's really enjoyable. And, and when you think of the Los Angeles area and probably a good number of you, I mean, there are probably a good number of Dodger fans here, right? Yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not a loyal fan. I can cheer for the Dodgers this year. Next year, if the Angels are doing well, I'll be cheering for the Angels, but they probably won't. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I'm not real loyal. Some of you actually bleed Dodger blue. You are, you are right in there. It's a personal connection for some of you. It's, it's some of you have been loyal to this team, you know, thick or thin, down season, hot, good season. You are a Dodger fan. You know the Dodgers. They are like family to you. You know, win or lose, you're a Dodger fan. When Kershaw has an injury, oh man, you are in agony. You're wondering, what's going to happen now? You get anxious. There's a certain amount of ownership. You wear your Justin Turner jersey and you feel everything's great in the world. You make an excuse. When the neighbor says, come to my daughter's wedding, but there's a game that day. You know, you're a real fan. 
You know, when it comes to being a Christian, when it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus asks for more. Today we're going to start our study of the book, Not a Fan. It's a study that challenges us to think and challenges us to do a little bit of self-evaluation. To be real with ourselves. It asks the question, how would you define your relationship with Jesus Christ? Now, we've said over and over again here in the church that when we talk about Christianity, Christianity is much more of a relationship with a living God than we can say a religion. Christianity is a relationship with, a, with your living God. It is personal. It is a commitment. It is a way of life. Because of the nature of being a Christian, Jesus can say these words that I just read. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. When we really take time to think of what Christ is saying, it's pretty heavy. It's an ultimate challenge. It's a wake-up call that we want to, to really zero in on this morning. So what I want to do now is I'm going to break down this verse, and we're going to kind of just allow it to kind of soak into us. So let's think about it. What does it mean to follow me? You know, when I was preparing this for you, I, you know, some, the mind is such a tricky thing. I, it just kind of dawned on me this one when I was thinking of the word of following someone. I remember when I was in high school and I was going from one class to another class, and I'm just kind of leisurely, you know, you're kind of mindlessly going from class to class, and all of a sudden this girl passes me that had this really terrific smelling perfume, and immediately my, I just started to ease over and follow her. <laughs> you know, it kind of sounds like stalking, but, but I wasn't doing that. See, to follow Jesus begins with a, a, a real clarity of recognizing his lordship. That's where it starts. When we talk about following Jesus, it starts with understanding lordship, that Jesus wants to be Lord in your life. Now, what does it mean, though, to call Jesus Lord? That sounds good, and we hear it, but what does it really mean? See, none of us throw that title around very lightly. I can't remember the last time my wife called me Lord, no matter how often I ask her to. But biblically, when we look at biblically, Lordship speaks of what? It speaks of supreme Supreme power and authority over, and in this case, you. Lordship is that authority and power over you, your life. 
It's lordship over who I am. It's lordship over how I think about things. It's lordship over, over how I live my life. It's lordship over what the things I, I want to see happen tomorrow. It's all-encompassing. It's everything. It's lordship. He's lord. There's nothing excluded. You can't hide something from him and say, no, you can't be lord over this. If you do that, then he's not lord. So when we talk about following Jesus to really do it from the heart, to really be convinced in your mind that, yeah, this is something I want to do, you have to begin by recognizing Jesus' lordship in your life. And to be honest, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen like that. It is a process, very much like a relationship. It's that trust that builds as you walk with him, and, you're, and that trust is building between he and, he and you, and you just start to entrust more and more and more of your life into the Lord, and he has more and more authority. Before you know it, he is your Lord. And it's not without reason or purpose. See, it, it's to be more like Jesus. See, that's the bottom line. See, when we talk about, about, about the Christian life, it is to be more like Christ. It's that Christ-likeness. And see, if, if, if God weren't such a good God, you know what we'd say? Forget this. But see, God, if you are, are, you are studying the word, if you're understanding what we're talking about here in this church, we understand that God is a good God. And because he is a good God, he can say to each one of us, follow me. See me as your Lord. That's where following starts. Let's go on. What does it mean to take up his cross? Well, first we've got to consider what did the cross signify to those in Jesus' day? The cross was an instrument of death. The cross was an instrument of death, humiliation, and suffering. The cross was an instrument of execution for people who got out of line for people who committed crimes, for those who are disobedient. The cross was something you never wanted associated with your life. But to the Son of God, to Jesus Christ, who chose to be nailed to a cross, it meant life. See, it meant a life of obedience. To God the Father, go to the cross. It meant a life of, of love. To die on the cross for us. See, for us to take up his cross means to choose a life like Jesus lived. It's to choose a life like Jesus lived. And we know that that is not a popular life. It's not popular. It has some really wonderful, exceptionally wonderful 
glowing attributes to it and, and, and the people uh, admire it and honor it. But when you start to live it, you start to, you can't help but run into resistance. It most likely means that when you pick up your cross, when you try to live like Jesus lived, it's going to mean that people who love you, people you know, people you, who you care about, and those strangers you don't know, you are going to meet opposition from them about your life choices, about the way your life is going to start to change if you're really going to live like Jesus. The way you spend your time and how you spend your money. People are going to think you're foolish. People are going to think, wow, what are you doing? You know, your, your, your mother-in-law is going to say, hey, what are you doing that for? I'll give you a story. One time I remember I had a car. I used to, I used to get, a, 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 when I used to have a, a business, I used to get cars fairly often, you know, and, and I remember uh, I, I met this seminary guy. Uh, he, he was in seminary, and, and, and his car broke down, and, and he needed transportation, but he didn't complain. He was just riding the bus around, and I was in prayer one day, and the Lord said to me, hey, give him the, your car. And wow, I love that car. But I gave him my car, you know? But, I, but there's someone in my family who needed a car. And, and I know people question, why did you give that car to a perfect stranger? You didn't even know this guy, and you gave this car to him? And I, I didn't have an answer, because the only answer I could give was that I felt the Lord wanted me to do that. See, we're going to run in opposition to how we raise your kids. The things you teach your kids. The way you put such a high priority on God. Yeah. And, and being here on a Sunday. What are you doing here on a Sunday? Man, there must be some games coming up pretty soon. Right? And, and the way that God wants us to see that everyone needs Jesus Christ. See, your life convictions, which aren't popular, to some people, aren't even believable. See, Jesus was not a Lord by popularity, but what he was, he was a Lord of love and truth. And if you go down that road by taking up your cross, we will discover a purpose and a reason for why in the world we're even here. And that purpose and reason is going to overshadow anything else you can probably think of to do. That's what's so amazing when you actually start to go down this path. And when we take up God's truth at face value, really, when we really think of it as face value, don't take out your, your doubts, take out, you know, throw out the logic and the rationale of this and that and that. When we take it as face value, what can be more important than faith in Jesus Christ? Because what can be more fulfilling than being an agent of truth and love in this very tough, confusing world? What can be more wonderful than discovering that eternal life is real and that you breathe your last breath, there really is something going on. What could be more incredible than serving and meeting face-to-face -face 
your creator. What can be more mind-boggling than the end discovering that it's all true? What does it mean to take up your cross to live that life that Jesus Let's go on. What does it mean if anyone desires to come after me? Starts off with that. Jesus said, hey, if anyone, everyone, everyone, anyone wants to come after me, and he goes on and says what, what, what needs to be done. Anyone is that all-inclusive word, and it means an invitation to follow Jesus is addressed to you, your, your, your cousins, your, your, your in-laws, your neighbors, everyone. There are no exceptions. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your, your present lifestyle. Whether you're a Trojan or you're a Bruin, whether you're a conservative or, or, or liberal in your thinking, gay or straight, Buddhist or Hindu, that anyone refers to everyone. If you are ready to call Jesus Christ your Lord, if you call him your Savior, and you want the life he died to give you, then this means you. See, even though it is for everyone, not everyone's living it. Because not everyone wants it. And that's what we're talking about in this study is not just being a fan. See, Jesus didn't die to gain fans. He died to make us abundant livers. People who count the cost of living for God and say, count me in. That's what we're talking about here. It means getting off the bench of life and getting into the game of life with Jesus. It means a daily choosing. It means to live what God has revealed to you up to this point. And as he reveals more, you just add it on, you just keep living that, going down that path. It means, and it begins with, Jesus is Lord. Let's pray. Father, we're just going to lift up to you this, this, this series, Not a Fan. And, and we're, we're expecting you to open our eyes and our hearts to some very basic things, but things that maybe have faded over the years and the months. And Father, we pray that it become very personal, that it not just be a teaching and a book series, but this will be you speaking to us individually. You know where we're each at. We are all in different places. And yet, like a good father, you, t you treat your children individually because you know we are different. So bless us and help us to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen.